Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast, your guide for growing lawn care and landscape startups into a thriving business. This show is dedicated to helping you improve your business and achieve financial success. Your host, Paul Jamison, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and The Lawn Care Advantage, winning strategies for a thriving landscaping business. Join us as Paul shares his expertise and passion, helping you create a prosperous future. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey guys, welcome to today's program. I hope you are doing well. If this is your first time listening to the Green Industry Podcast, my name is Paul and uh, I help to transform lawn, uh, lawn care, lawn mowing, uh, landscape startups into thriving businesses that go from this state of this operational chaos to actually streamlining our efficiency, getting as airtight and efficient as possible so that we can actually achieve consistent profitability, and long-lasting financial success in this industry. And one of the things that's helped me over the years is connecting with other folks in this industry. And so today we're going to have on the program uh, my friend Naylor Taliaferro, uh, Jeremiah Jennings, Caleb Allman. Um, each of these guys have their own businesses. Uh, Jeremiah uh, does lawn care and landscaping over in Alabama. Uh, he's also got a little side hustle uh, that he's starting up. And then uh, Caleb's up there in Ohio. Uh, he runs a million-dollar business, him and his wife, Brittany. They are awesome. I've been to their new shop, and uh, they are crushing it up there in fair, beautiful Fairfield County, Ohio. Uh, they do design and install. Uh, they don't do any lawn mowing anymore, but uh, Naylor still is out there cutting that grass, making that cash in Virginia, Midlothian, Virginia. He's got a fine business as well. Uh, I've been there uh, and, and actually went out working. Well, I didn't work. I filmed. <laughs> they were working all day. I was out there with my camera filming up in uh, Virginia. That was a lot of fun uh, back. Uh, man, that was a few summers ago. Uh, but anyway, uh, we all got together at a trade show called the Equip Expo in Louisville uh, in October. I go to the show uh, every year, the Equip Expo. And uh, on the Thursday of the show, we actually do podcasting from the stage. And so on today's episode, I want to play an excerpt of that fun podcast that we did uh, with Caleb Allman, uh, Jeremiah Jennings, uh, Naylor, uh, John Pajak was there as well, and myself, and a, a full audience participation. There's probably four or 500 people in the audience. So uh, without further ado, enjoy uh, this fun chat as uh, we talk shop, talk business uh, at the Equip Expo. Enjoy. Thanks, folks, for joining us here. What a what a privilege and a pleasure here. Thank you, Naylor. I appreciate uh, the opportunity here to do this. And uh, Kohler Engines, thank you, Equip. Uh, this is, what an awesome event, right? How about a, a round of applause for those folks? That's awesome. Um, I'm wound up. I'm excited. This is this is fun stuff. And again, Naylor, I'm so, so grateful for the opportunity, buddy. Um, thank you for uh, everything you do, Caleb. We're doing, we're trying here, doing what we can with what we got, you know? Um, so folks, listen in here, if you're listening uh, out on the road, mowing grass, pushing dirt, whatever you're out doing here on the podcast when this releases in a couple weeks, um, we're here at Equip Expo, a live uh, recorded podcast here. And uh, we got Jeremiah Jennings. And uh, he's here, and we're going we're gonna, to, for the gear, for the gearheads, uh, we're going to talk about equipment and mechanizing here since we're at an equipment show. We thought, well, that's what we'll go. Um, you know, leave the Kid Contractor podcast to, to bring the IQ level down a little bit here from such a deep conversation there on the, uh, 
um, the LCR Media podcast there. That was good. That was good stuff, rookie. That was nice. Thanks, man. Appreciate and, it. And uh, and Keith, wherever you went, buddy. Um, super solid stuff. And by the way, don't forget because I got chastised for this two years in a row now. Stay for Paul Jameson Greenery Podcast after this because uh, I uh, there he, there he is, Paul Jameson. Everybody, um, stay for the Green Industry Podcast. Don't leave. I mean, I know we're like the showstopper, but uh, you know, stay for Paul, anyways. That's some ribbing back and forth there. All right, so Jeremiah Jennings, um, Grown Green, Grown Green Podcast. Also, uh, quick intro for folks that don't know you, what you do, who you are, where you're from, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, Jeremiah Jennings. Uh, I own Growing Green Landscapes in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, we got the Growing Green Podcast as well, but started a landscape company five years ago. Uh, worked with a buddy in high school. Uh, he decided to move on. He was doing it just to pay his way through college, and so I decided to take that over and uh, did it straight out of high school and just hadn't looked back since. So it's been a wild journey. Uh, it's crazy getting in a community like this. I mean, all you guys here, like, I- I'm thankful for each and every one of you um, supporting the show, but then also just, like, creating friendships. I mean, that's what this is. Like, people are like, man, you nervous? You're not- We're hanging out with friends. Like, that's what it is. That's what this show is. So excited to be here. Absolutely, and you also have another venture too, Brighter Bins, which is a side right. company. Start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is is it a side company or just another company? What, no, it's just you... another company. It's it's its own entity. It's another full time business. Uh, it's a trash bin cleaning company. Um, so that's a new venture we got into. So getting that thing up off the ground and just trying to grow businesses. Um, that's the thing that we're here that I'm here to do is learn from other people. Uh, that's what our podcast is. It's like, hey, let's get in the into the into the day to day, and then also look at the high level though of how we actually grow businesses, not just focus on cutting grass, but actually run businesses. So, um, yeah, that's what, that's what we're doing. So this year, I I think you're, you're a great example, a great case study, even of where so many people are, where I've been and, and where I even still am when it comes to adding new pieces of of equipment to the company, to reduce labor, to change how we're doing things. And and one of the big things I've been thinking about lately with, uh, our team of guys, and by the way, big props, the almond crew at home, uh, those guys holding it down. Uh, it's so cool to, we have a company group text, like, uh, probably most, most folks have when they've got some team members and, and, uh, had a flat tire on one of the trailers this morning before they're heading out. And, uh, they just sent pictures, you know, of course, griping about the flat tire, right? That's, that's without, uh, without question going to happen. Uh, and then another picture, they've got the, they got the trailer picked up with a skid steer and their, you know, ratchet gun and the, uh, the tire off there. And it's so cool to, to see the guys at home just getting stuff done. I'm not having to hold their hands through it. Um, and that's, that's been a big, a big push of mine for years and years and years is to not have to worry about that stuff. They know what they need to do and they get it done. And so big, big shout out to the almond team. Oh my gosh. I nearly forgot for my daughter, a shout out to fidget the hamster. That's her, uh, 4-H prize winning hamster. So I, for, so for Addison, there you go, babe. Um, you know, it's one of those things you never, you know, dad life and parent life and stuff, you never, you never picture yourself actually having a, a rodent voluntarily live in your house. And we've got this hamster thing. It's, it's, it's absurd. It's a pretty elusive hamster too. Yeah. Jeez. Don't even get us going on that. Um, yeah. Once in a while hamster gets out and then Brit has to destroy drywall in the house to find hamster in the walls. And it's, it's a circus dad life, right? Parent life. Okay. So, but you're in a position in, uh, you know, in, in a growing company and, uh, we're, you know, Jeremiah, you're doing a lot of work by hand and you bought a mini skid steer loader, which I think is one of the, the, for the most, uh, the most, one of the most crucial first acquisitions of equipment. If you do landscaping, if you're, if you do lawn care and you do any kind of landscape work, I real I personally really believe you need to be figuring out what machine you're going to get. You need to get a mini skid steer, full size skid steer, whatever it is. You need to do something. And this has become my mantra of late uh, literally within the last few weeks of, you know, I'm 40 years old. My foreman's 40, like our, most of our crew is 
in their 40s. They all have families. And the work we have done over the last years has been part of what's attributed to, you know, back aches and muscle aches and all this kind of stuff. And it's before we had equipment, really. And we're setting big stone slabs, you know, with straps and pipes and all this stupid stuff. And, and what I really am encouraging young guys, especially, or, and regardless if you're in hardscape or, or whatever, whatever line of work you're in, I'm really going to be pushing hard on people to figure out how you're going to mechanize young so that you're not reaching our age and just decrepit. And that is really going to be a big push of mine. And, um, you know, a lot of young guys I'm seeing, I was talking to a guy the other day, he's like talking about how they were setting their, their big stone slab steps. And for those of you who maybe don't know, know of us, we're, we're a landscape contractor company in Carroll, Ohio, just southeast of Columbus. And we do landscape design build work. We build patios, retaining walls, and, and all that stuff. And then we do a podcast and all this stuff too. It's craziness. Um, but we, you know, we started out doing all that hard physical labor the hard way, right? Starting out and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I didn't have my head screwed on straight to run a really good business, right? And so we, we, didn't have, we didn't have the money to buy the equipment we needed. So we did a lot of stuff. That, we did everything, really, the, the super hard way. And so part of our, our never-ending you know, mantra is, is pay attention to all these guys out here talking, this show, the classes, all this kind of stuff, so you can run a better business, buy better equipment. Jeremiah's so ahead of that from where I was. This year you bought, is it this year? Yeah, yeah, it was you, spring of this year. You, yeah. you bought a mini skid steer loader. Talk, talk about that thought process, why, and, and what was the final, like, I'm buying one, I'm done, I'm done. Well, we have 18 minutes. That's like a two-hour conversation. Dude, I know. So we'll have, to, is... we'll have to condense it. Uh, man, there's so much you can go into. Um, I think there's two or three, four things that, can, that are really beginning stages of business that can change your business like the flip of a switch. One of those is getting some type of software to run your business. The other one is getting a bookkeeper to keep up with your books. When we started getting into field producing, actually doing production, the other two are office side. When you get some type of machine that you know is going to be reliable and that saves you manual labor, your business will change overnight. Uh, now, that doesn't come without a lot of preparation, a lot of work. Uh, that's not to say you go out and buy a mini skid the day, the day you start. Um, like you said, we did, we've, this is our fifth year in business, and we just got a mini skid this year. Now, and I would say we've done a lot of hard work by hand, um, but I don't think we were in a position that we needed to buy it before we did this year. And so we went into this spring and I wanted to do more landscaping. And so that's just, we're just going to see how it went. And that's how it went. We just got inundated with landscape stuff. And, and so it wasn't a quick decision overnight. It was one that I thought about, prayed about for a month or two. Um, you might do it longer. It depends on what, what stage you are in business, what kind of leads you're getting coming in. Uh, if you're getting a bunch of grass mowing leads, if that's what you do, it's mainly your business. That's mainly our business is, is lawn maintenance. But we're wanting to do more landscape. So when you get those leads start coming in, then you sit back and say, hey, if we really want to do this and do this efficiently, and you want to bid projects efficiently, and you want to actually turn profit on your projects and not kill yourself, like Caleb said, then you have to make that decision. And this is actually a conversation that we had in Florida in February, uh, sitting on a porch. We had a debate on an earlier podcast talking about mini, like a subcompact tractor or a mini skid. And we talked about it and 
So the, the ultimate decision for buying a mini skid was we had the work booked out. Um, it was something that I, I was going to, we had a bad rental situation. I mean, you can always rent. People say we rent forever. Um, and, and then we, the people, people get scared to make, to pull the trigger on owning a machine. If you have a good rental situation, that might be what works for you. For us, we did not have a good rental situation. So for me, it made way more sense to go out and leverage a machine, um, to produce the work that we had coming in. There was no way we could do it, do it efficiently and effectively. So, uh, when we had that, we decided to just pull the trigger and go for it, and it's been literally one of the most transformative decisions for my business. I mean, the amount of work that I can do, especially if you're an owner-operator, if you're still in the field, I mean, even for your guys, but if you're trying to run a small, lean, mean team, like, you throw a machine in there, the whole game changes. I can go out and do sod installations, plants, grading, whatever, by myself, and go home at the end of the day not dead, because we have that machine that does the work for us, and it shows up every day, so... Yeah, I mean, and you paired you paired that with a dump trailer purchase too, right? Correct. And that's yeah. like an awesome combo. Yeah, saved. I mean, because we were in the situation of like we were loading. Not only were we hand moving dirt, hand hand loading stuff, we were dragging stuff off on tarps off a utility trailer. Like, how many of you, how many of you have done that? Like, I've done that forever, dude. I did that for years. Yeah, and you, it's like almost it's embarrassing how long I did it. Before. I did it in February of this year. We trimmed. If you're from the south, you know you trim crate myrtles. Like, we trimmed twenty crate myrtles. They were twenty foot tall. Like, do that and drag that off a trailer. It'll make you go insane. I got to the point where I was like, I, I literally, I can't do this again. I will not do it again. And uh, we wait. I, I overweighted on the dump trailer. I should have gotten that earlier. But you get that stuff, and it's like, it just transforms the way you do business because you get excited to do stuff again. Like, I was not excited to go trim 20 cray myrtles simply because I knew I was going to have to hand load them and then hand unload them. I was like, this is not fun. This is not, I don't want to do this. Even though I'm making money, I don't want to do it. You put a machine in place. You put a dump trailer. You, you cut them down, you load them, you press a button and dump it, and you drive off. And it's just like, on to the next one. It's like, produce, 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 produce. And that's what we're here to do is make sales, grow revenue, hold on to profit. Jay, Jeremiah, what, what made you wait so long? Was it like... We didn't have the, we didn't have the demand. Gotcha. Yeah, we didn't have the demand. This, and that's why I'm saying, like, this cannot be an overnight decision. It, it, you, you, can, you can come to a show like this and say, man, there's a lot of shiny stuff. It looks awesome. It does look awesome. And, I, and I'm telling you, like, it can change your business, but you need to make sure your business is at a point where you can, ju- where you can actually keep up with it. Because if I went and did this three years ago, it would have been a lot more stressful. Now, uh, maybe our lands- you, could, you could argue that the landscape side would grow more because you would be able to take on more jobs. So it depends on, like, lead gen, what kind of leads you're getting, things like that. Do you think that really literally came at the right moment, or you still drag, drug your feet for a little too long? Uh, no, I, I think it literally could not have gone any better than it did this spring. The dump trailer, way too long. That's something, that's like an elementary purchase. Like if you're, you've said this a million times, if you're running a landscape construction, not even construction, just like a landscape company, you're hauling landscape. debris, you're hauling clippings, like get a dump trailer. There's, I mean, if, if you are like, man, what do I get? What do I spend on? Get a dump trailer. It will, it will change your business. Yeah, absolutely. I, for, I can't tell you for how many years we shoveled stuff off, off of flatbed trucks and back yeah, it's, on it's the insane. flatbed trucks or on the trailers. Like, but you have, it's, it's a process, though. It's not, it's not going to happen overnight, and you have to pair. Like, this was a wild year for us. Like, we, we upgraded to a three-quarter ton truck, a dump trailer, and a mini skid all in the same year. Like, that's, that's scary. It's a lot of risk to take on. But we were in the position that we had to. Like, if we wanted to do this work, we wanted to grow the landscape side, it was a, it was a must-have. Because I bought the dump trailer pulling it with a, with a half ton. You do that, and you start swaying down the road, you'll go to a dealership and buy a three-quarter ton the next day, especially when it's raining. Like, and we did that. Like, I mean, we, so we did what we had to do to make it work. Like, we got by, 
but then we started producing, we got the leads and, and then we just went with it. So it's scary, but you got to be able to, I mean, that, that's part of business. Like you take big risk, you get big reward. When, um, when it, you know, on the dump trailer, dump truck thing, you, yeah, if, at minimum buy a dump trailer and then dump truck is, I think the next step up from that, obviously. But um, Jeremiah, I'm trying to, to pose my next thing here correctly, but when, when it came to what you actually did purchase, you, you, yeah. it's, it wasn't a name brand machine and there's nothing wrong with that. Do, in hindsight, do you wish you'd have bought a different, different style machine type machine or did that still just all work out the way you, you want it to be? <clears throat> no, everything worked out pretty, pretty well. I, I don't think I would change my purchase decision much. Um, I mentioned earlier the, the discussion, I think a lot of guys have it is, do I buy a subcompact or a compact tractor or do I buy a mini skid? And there's so many variables that go into that. It's not a one size fits all. You have to look at what your business is doing. If you're moving a lot of mulch, you're doing simple light landscaping, you're putting in river rock, you're, you're planting a few shrubs, like, hey, I, I might vote for a subcompact. But if you have any, any intentions at all, like any interest and you want to get into dirt work, you want to start moving, you want to start grading, you want to start doing sod, you want to start doing these things, you start digging big holes uh, to plant trees and things, like doing legit landscape, um, then a mini skid is it's so versatile. Uh, it's a light footprint. Um, but you also have to think about like your yard, your situations, uh, down where we are, we have some warm season. We cut our grass on two inches, two and a half inches. You get up into where Jeremy, uh, connect is you're cutting on four, four inches. What do y'all cut on the, on the summer, Jeremy? Three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half to four. So like you put a mini skid on that without any, without any, uh, mats or anything, you're destroying a yard potentially. And like, so we can get away with it a little more. Um, so you got, you got to, you got to pose all those factors when you go into that decision. Tell me about the adaptation of the machine and, and uh, your team and how they, what their initial thoughts were, reactions to it, or like, hey, I'm thinking about buying this. What, what was that like? They enjoyed it, uh, but to be honest, like, it enabled me to go do landscaping on my own. Uh, I had guys go do the mowing, and I was able to take me and a part-time guy, and we went into the landscaping this summer, and it was... Uh, it was good. It was great. They, they weren't in a lot, but the guy that I was with was very thankful. <laughs> so how, how, so say you didn't have the machine, how many guys would you normally take with you? Oh, we would have had to have four guys on. I mean, we had a job that took two weeks this year with us, with the machine. We would have had to have four or five guys out there to, to be able to make it. But I mean, God is, it's, it's just, it's insane. Like if you've never ran one, I'm not, you just got, you got to be smart in it. But like, when you, you sit there with a pickaxe and try to pull a, a 15-year-old boxwood out of the ground, and then you go up with a mini skid with forks and you just pop it out, and literally, no joke, 10 seconds, you will say this is one of the best decisions ever made. It, and you run the math, that's, then that's the thing. Business is mathematics, right? Um, if you, it's HR and math, mathematics. That's pretty much all business comes down to. The rest of it's easy. The, the hardest thing is HR and, and the making the numbers work, right? And so you, you figure four guys on a job site and you, 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 you know, run that out over an entire year of an employee costing minimum 20000 a year to fifty to 100 whatever your, you know, your, your operation is like. And you can take those two people out of the field or put them on a whole new operation. They can go produce other revenue. That's the thing. Yeah. And, but if you have four guys out there, it's not just four guys of labor. It's four guys of like killing themselves. Like, yeah. That's the thing you have to realize. Like guys want to come work. It's as hard as it is for employees. What's that page at? You need us? Okay. <laughs> your phone's on. I mean, your flashlight was on. Uh, it's, it's four guys that 
are out there killing themselves. As hard as it is to find guys right now, everyone out there has employee struggles. You have to if you're on a contracting business nowadays, just about. So it's all about how can we make our guys happy? How can we give them a good working environment? When you tell them they have to go pull up 20, 15-year-old boxwoods by hand, they're going to look at you and be like, dude, are you serious? Like, our, joking. our new hire this year um, who moved from Dayton somewhat to our area, uh, he didn't reach out to us first working for us. He found a company like five minutes, like five minutes from his house, seven-minute drive, something like that. And he went to work for them, and they did everything with wheelbarrows. And this is a talented individual, by the way. And so, and by the way, John, are we going to run questions? Do we run some questions if we got like yeah, seven sure. minutes here? If you got questions, grab, grab uh, the guy in a crazy uh, flamboyant shirt there. The, um, but he had an awesome commute and he was told some things that would be like in the company as far as like labor saving equipment and stuff. They never, he never saw it. But he said, yeah, we got all this labor saving stuff. Okay, sweet. So he worked there for three days found out they're still wheelbarrowing stuff uphill and mulch and all this crazy, and they're an established company. It's not like they're a startup because when you're a startup, I get it. And he worked there three days and called us and like, dude, I'll, I'll drive 40 minutes to work. Are you feeling stuck in the slow lane of business growth? Wondering how to assemble a dream team that propels your business forward? Or perhaps putting in the hustle, but not seeing the financial results that you crave? We get it. But guess what? We've got the game-changing event you've been waiting for. Get ready for the LCR Summit, your ultimate experience to get answers and take action. Join industry titans Keith Kalfas, John Pajak, Marvin Salcedo, Paul Jameson, Mr. Producer, and Jeremy Vest in dynamic workshops on marketing, team building, and company culture. Budgets, break-evens, and bottom lines, podcasting, and YouTube content creation designed to kick your business into high gear. Picture this, two days of hands-on interactive sessions in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia at the Creators Clubhouse on January 19th and 20th. Limited seats ensure an engaging experience so you're not just attending, you're participating, collaborating, and transforming. Oh, and did we mention a special bonus? Brace yourselves for Jonathan Potoshnik, the lawn care millionaire, delivering a keynote that's worth the price of admission alone. LCR Summit event host Naylor Taliaferro says, I wish this event existed when I started my business. It's a unique opportunity to connect with industry leaders and invest in the future growth of your business. Click the link in the episode description or head straight to lcrsummit.com to snag your seat before they sell out. And by the way, tickets are fully refundable because, hey, we get it. Business emergencies happen. And when there's snow, you got to go. So invest in your future worry-free. Here's to the clear skies and bright future of your business. We'll see you January 19th through the 20th at the LCR Summit, lcrsummit.com. Are you looking to supercharge your lawn care business? Check out Footbridge Media. They'll optimize your online presence, manage your reviews, and provide personalized marketing consulting, all under a fixed price pledge with no hidden charges and a 90-day money-back guarantee. It's time to take your business to the next level. Visit greenindustrypodcast.com now to discover more about Footbridge Media, your bridge to success. You're out there in the field, mowing lawns, making money, working hard. But for every dollar you make, you're worried. Worried that you spend too much, worried that you won't make payroll, or worried you'll generate a big financial mistake. Simply put, you don't know your numbers. You're not alone. The Landscaping Bookkeeper has helped dozens of eager lawn care owners organize their numbers, learn the language of business, and build a solid financial foundation. 
Start your journey from simply earning money to creating a long-lasting source of income today by scheduling a free 15-minute phone call at thelandscapingbookkeeper.com. And it's been a wonderful thing. And because we have the machines and the tilt rotator coming and all that stuff, he's willing to drive farther to a company with good culture and good equipment. And he we, comes and, into work with a good attitude. And great attitude. And it was, it was because we had the stuff to do it. And when you're a startup, that is a tough thing to juggle. Like, and that's where you got to spin that dream, as Fullerton says. You got to you know, spin the vision of like where we're going as a company. Like, guys, this year... And Jeremiah, maybe you did the same thing. Like, guys, this year we can't, we got to stick it out. But next year we're getting a mini skid steer and things are going to get better. And it's nothing but up from here. John, you got And take care of your guys. Uh, Definitely question right. But take care of guys. If you are still in that stage where you can't afford a mini skid, you can't do that. Like, if you got to go pull shrubs by hand all day, take care of them. Make sure that you, that they know that you appreciate them. Like, you're going to turn, you're going to turn some good profit on some landscape jobs if you price them correctly. Make sure that they, that they receive some of that. Don't sit there and look like you're getting high on the horse while they're out there slaving. Right. Make sure and they know that you're taking care of them. So. I, I also just want to say real quick, there's a difference between being a startup and being cheap. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. I've had many employees work for me that are like, man, I've worked for uh, lawn care companies where like, you know, you have to start the, you have to jump the mower and leave it running all day because they just didn't want to fix it or whatever the problem is. <laughs> Can you guys relate? You know, like, yeah. like, you know, duct tape and zip ties, right? Like, come on guys. Like I get, you don't need that. I get to finish that yard or to finish the day or to get it back on the trailer or whatever, but don't go the whole season that way. That's just going to frustrate everybody. So I'm just saying, don't be cheap. There's a difference between being a startup and being cheap. That's right. Yeah, you got it, John. All right, we got a question from Eric. Hi, I'd like to, uh, and I think many people would like to hear future conversations uh, on podcasts about uh, healthcare, um, insurance, retirement, stuff like that. That um, you know, a lot of us might be facing, and you know, some specific X's and O's, and and how to move ourselves forward as we get older in our business because. We're not all going to sell our company. We're not all going to have a second business or a second uh, like source of income like rentals. So how can we, as a community, like tackle those topics? Cool. I appreciate that input. Yeah, that's good. We'll do that for sure. Uh, John, we got another one over there. But in the meantime, what I can tell you is you need to be thinking about that and interviewing professionals to help you set up IRA. I mean, you can set up an IRA. This is, this is not investing advice. We, uh, but I mean, you can set up an IRA pretty easy. Just start plunking a hundred bucks in growth stock mutual funds. I mean, just anything, just get some retirement going, whatever. Uh, and healthcare is tough, but that's a long, that's a show in its own right. Go ahead, Mr. Payjack. All right. We got another question from Sam. Hi. Uh, you know, I'm getting to the point in my business where I got to start hiring people and I've done it here and there, but like actually bringing somebody on more full time next year. And I have a hard time getting out of my own way. You know, you know, like it's, you know, I do it this way and just managing people and kind of letting them do their own thing, but also making sure they do it the right way. So how, how do you go about navigating that? Uh, we're still working through it every day. I'll be totally honest, but it's something that I would say we've had a lot of growth with this year is I, we have a one-year-old just turned one, uh, Jack, he's awesome. And I want baby Jack, (laughs) I wanted to spend this time this year, like, soaking up his life, like spending time with him, making sure that I make these memories. And it was, 
I got to a point where I was like, I have to let go of some of the field work. Like, I pretty much transitioned my role to we did. I was pretty much doing landscaping during the summer, and that was it. I was out a couple of days a week doing landscape. Uh, I was very, very rarely out on the mow crew, and it came with uh, came with its challenges of delegating because I was the same way. Like, man, I mow this way, and and here's the thing: my customers expect me to mow that way, and that was that's the you're one of your biggest hurdles is when you you get to that point, you start as an owner operator, you grow your business that way. When you want to start transitioning out of the field you're going to get pushback from your customers because they're going to be like, well, they don't mow it the way you do. You, I promise you'll get that. I got that 50 times this year. And you just have to, you just have to adapt and, and, and grow. And you try to train your employees. You try to train them to the point to, to do it the way you do it. But at the same time, like, I realize you can't do that. Like, they're gonna, it's so funny. We have one property we've done for four years now. I've mowed it a certain way for four years in a row. I put a new guy on it. He mowed it a totally different way. Like, totally different. To me, it's like, you mow it this way. That's just the way to do it. He mowed it a totally different way. So, like, people see things differently. And you got to let them, you have to let them do that. You have to let them do their, like, make decisions for themselves. Um, you want to train them, but they have to make their own decisions. And understand that things are going to get messed up. Like, oh, you make mistakes. And, and you've got to learn. And I would tell you, too, um, Sam, to... Re, I mean, just start reading a lot of books about you know, how to win friends and influence people and just all those kind of books that are going to help you learn how to handle people. And, and understand that, I mean, the thing I always extrapolated out was I knew when I was solo, running solo, I knew how much stuff I broke and screwed up in a week. And I knew, this is what, I sucked at a lot of stuff in business for a long time. And this is one thing I always had a good, temp, temp, uh, like a, a good mindset for. It was just like, I knew every person I hired beyond that was just a multiple of those mess ups. And so... Just know it, you know, setting first principles, knowing what, you know, setting standards, this is how we do this, and just always training, always correcting, and accepting, too, that things are going to get messed up. And you also got to realize, too, and I want to try to get this other question, but you got to realize you're doing things at 125%, right? And your team is going to perform 80%, 90%. And by the way, your customer, in most cases, within reason, lawn care is tough. That's why I'm out of lawn care. But, you know, your clients are expecting... 60%. 60%. They don't even know in most cases. And what your finite, nuanced little things that you're looking at, nobody sees. And that's not a reason or an excuse to perform subpar work or anything like that. Don't, don't even get that twisted, I'm saying that. But you've got to realize if you're going to scale, there is, an ex- there is a cost in some ways to scale. It doesn't mean you have to sacrifice quality exactly, but there are little things you've got to realize. That there, are, there are some things that are going to slip through the cracks, unless you plan on being on site all the daggone time. We're going to go 10 seconds over, but I have to talk, I have to say this. I spent a lot of time cleaning up fires this year, but it's, do you want to spend time on the mower all day, eight hours a day, or do you want to spend time out estimating and cleaning up some messes? That's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen as part of it. The other thing is, he said, client expects 60. That's, that's, that's easy to say. Mowing, you did mowing. Guys, when they, when they, when you train them how you do it, they expect that 95%. So when you're trying to get out of the field, any new customer you bring on, always have your lead guy go out and do it before you do it. Don't let, don't let that customer ever get that intention of how you cut it. Let them know how your guys cut it, and that's what they'll, that's what they'll learn to expect. That's the standard you're setting. That's a good yeah. point. Excellent, Jeremy. Because changing that standard from you to your guys is tough. But when you start bringing guys on, you can trust them to do that. Paul's getting fidgety. We better get over to him here. He's going he's gonna to pop. Can we go one more, John, really quickly? Quick answer? Quick, quick, quick. quick, quick. Lightning round? Lightning question? Nothing? Nothing? Uh, I th- we're dead for time, but if you got time for one more. No, I don't know. Paul might shoot me. Go quick. We fast. got a question from Mike. Oh, for Pletz? Oh, forget about it. Shut the mics <laughs> off. Forget it. What's up, buddy? Uh, Caleb, I like the intro music. I think I've heard it somewhere before, but 
I'm just joking. Uh, guys, what's the worst piece of advice you've ever been given or the right advice at the wrong time in your business? And this is not a quick question, so feel free to maybe uh, I'll, I'll ask you on, uh, another time. Thank you, Mike Pletz there. How to hardscape. Good guy there. Um, probably the worst, oh gosh, I don't know. Probably my thing was growth at any cost. And that was, that hit me at the wrong time years ago. And that's what I thought was like, if I hit a million in revenue 20 years ago, this was, that will save me. And that was probably the worst. And that wasn't even advice I got necessarily, but that's the advice I picked up. I'll shut up. Thank I'm getting the, the cue from Britt here. Well, that was a lot of fun at the Equip Expo. Uh, that shows every year. Um, they've actually opened the registration up already for Equip Expo 2024. If you guys want to save 50% off your registration there, code Paul, P-A-U-L, will get you 50% off Equip Expo. So, ooh, that's going to be a good one next year. I uh, The Equip Expo just keeps getting better and better. Well, if you can't wait to Equip and you want to hang out with the community, uh, you want to be involved in the next event, uh, if you're listening to this in real time, uh, before January 19th and 20th, 2024, uh, Naylor Taliaferro is hosting the LCR Summit here in the ATL. And uh, this is an event that features Marvin Salcedo from Texas, uh, Jonathan Potoshnik, who helps make lawn care millionaires. And uh, he built Service Autopilot, sold it. He's also got a humongous lawn care business in Texas called City Turf. He is a stud. And uh, he's going to be there along with Naylor, John Pajak, Keith Kalfas, Jeremy Vest, Mr. Producer, and myself, January 19th through 20th. Uh, you can come for uh, the Friday, January 19th, where we talk a lot about content and marketing, or you can come for both days on January 20th. Um, we are uh, talking all about um, building a lawn care business, streamlining a lawn care business, getting profitable in a lawn care business. Guys, these guys are studs. Jonathan Potoshnik and, and Marvin Salcedo. I'm going to be there with my notebook, a cup of coffee, and I'm going to be taking notes. Uh, John Pajak, Keith Kalfas. I mean, come on, somebody. This is going to be fantastic. Uh, also, Mr. Producer is going to be there. So if you've never met Mr. Producer, you want to meet him in real life, he'll be there on the Friday, January the 19th, uh, speaking on um, all things podcasting and social media. We're going to be covering um, how to start and grow a podcast if that's something you're interested in, uh, how to start and grow a YouTube channel and social media. We're going to have a Jeremy Vest there, a social media expert. Um, so, so that first day is the content day, the podcasting day, the YouTube day, all that fun stuff. And then the lawn and landscape business stuff is the second day, January 19th. Uh, pardon me, <laughs> January 20th. So the 19th is the content. The 20th is the lawn and landscape. And if you want to come to both, um, there's there's tickets where you can basically get a one day ticket or a two day ticket for these workshops. So it's at a really cool uh, uh, podcast studio conference center place here in Atlanta called the Creators Clubhouse. Uh, they filmed the Social Proof podcast there. Really really cool venue. So um, anyway, uh, you can get tickets to the LCR Summit at lcrsummit.com where Mr. Producer will put that link in today's show notes. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode and uh, coming up on the next episode, it's an important one. I'm going to talk uh, all about um, setting goals, vision boards, um, having a having a plan and getting out there and getting after it um, as, we, as we head into the new year in real time, uh, really fine-tuning the blueprint and uh, following that, that, that game plan moving into 2024. What are we currently doing? that we shouldn't be doing? What are we doing now that we could be doing better? What are we doing now that we shouldn't be doing? Uh, oops, I got that reciprocal. <laughs> what are we not doing right now that we should be doing? Those are three questions I ask myself. What am I currently doing 
that I should not be doing? What am I doing right now that I should be doing better? What am I doing? Pardon me. What am I not doing that I should be doing? Anyway, that's a little tease for the next episode. Uh, We're going to talk all about that and much more. So uh, please subscribe to the show if you're not already subscribed. Thank you to, uh, we got a, I saw this come in. We got a new uh, review. These mean the world to us when you guys leave rating and reviews for the podcast. Uh, Suell Marketing uh, said, Paul is an industry leader with incredible leadership and insights for home service business owners. He dropped us a five-star uh, rating and review on Apple. It means the world. Um, this is my buddy down there. He says, I'm a painting contractor, but I thoroughly enjoy listening to Paul's podcast because they're principles for me to use in my company too. Uh, thanks for the quality content. That's uh, Brandon Suell, uh, Suell Marketing, uh, I believe, uh, down there in sunny Florida. Uh, I met him at a jobber event. Cool guy. And uh, he's Uh, trying to get his social media up and going. So if you're listening, Brandon, come on up to the LCR Summit, January 19th. Uh, We're going to teach all about building podcasts, social media, crushing it online uh, for your business. It works for a painting business, lawn care business, landscaping business. Uh, It's going to be awesome. So, all right, well, thanks for listening to today's show. And again, guys, the LCR Summit information is in today's show notes. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paul. Is it time to elevate your lawn care business with Jobber? As a field service management software, Jobber has been a game changer for me since 2019, streamlining everything from quotes to payments and making customer communication a breeze. Tap the link in our show notes and see why over 200,000 home service pros trust Jobber to grow their business. Click the link in today's show notes or visit getjobber.com forward slash Paul to learn more. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.